0: What is up, everybody? This is LaPatti Ball, back with number 30, episode number 30. Wow, that's a big number. That's a lot of episodes. Um, And we're back again for another edition of Sunday Morning Hoops. I'm here, as always, with Sam. How's it going, Sam?
1: Patrick, it's going well. It's been a fun week in the association. I've had a lot of fun playing with the at Hoops on Twitter, it's been a great week being able to play around with that, be able to pick up some followers there. It's been a really fun time. It's been a lot of good hoop on this week, been able to watch most of it, excited to break it down here.
0: No, yeah, and we have an awesome guest today, my buddy from Duck TV and KWVA, he does just about everything, even though he lives in Washington, uh, Dylan Ruben King. What's up, Dylan?
2: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm happy to, to finally be on. This is my, my first time.
0: All the listeners do know it's your first time as you have not been on this podcast
1: before so thank you for restating that but
0: yeah we're i
1: appreciate i appreciate how you assume that our listeners like have like a a deep knowledge of all of our episodes and who our guests have been in the past i think that if if somebody realizes that a guest is here for the first time that's just on the draw of luck alone or we have to say something
0: i mean maybe somebody is keeping track at home but you know what sam i'll let you get us rolling here what's what's the team you want to talk about first or player?
1: All right, so first and foremost, the first thing I want to get into this week, and it's, it's not even something that we necessarily have brought up so far, like before our pre-show or anything, but it's something that we talked about a little bit on the Stereo app on Thursday night. By the way, people, this will be something that happens a little bit more moving forward, so look out for it. Download the Stereo app. It's a lot of fun. But a player that we have talked about recently is Zach Levine. Zach Levine has been playing some phenomenal basketball of late. There are teams that went undefeated this week that I have shelved in favor of talking about what Zach Levine has been able to do this season. His season as a whole, he's averaging 28.1 points. That is the most of his career. He is also putting in a fair number of assists, rebounds as well. He's playing all over the floor so well for the Chicago Bulls. Chicago, well, they're not. They're not great. They're not a great basketball team. They're not a terrible basketball team, but they're not a great team. But Zach Levine, he is playing like a great player. He had one of the more unbelievable three-game stretches that you could imagine earlier this week. He's been so impressive. The Bulls, they're currently 10-15, and 15, but if Levine keeps playing like he has been and the young players keep developing, this team could really be something down the road.
2: You've seen kind of the development over the last couple of years. I mean, he's in technically his fourth year, I believe, with the with the Bulls now. And it seems like every year he's gotten better, not just as a scorer, but like all around. And I think this is the year we could finally see him break into the All-Star game. Um, but he's shooting phenomenally. I mean, like you said, the Bulls still aren't there yet as a potential All-Star or a potential playoff team. But the East, you know, it's it's kind of up in the air. I mean, maybe they could slip in there and make a run. But I think... If Chicago is fully healthy and Zach Levine is playing the way he is, I think we could be talking about them as maybe a potential 8th seed. You never know. Yeah,
0: and I, I think the the testament to saying the Bulls could be a potential 8th seed says way more about the East than it does about the Bulls. But, I mean, Zach Levine has been playing really well. I, th- I think he easily could have been in the All-Star game last year. I think he, he has to be this year. I mean, the dude is just – playing phenomenally. He's really close to entering the 50-40-90 club. He's shooting fifty 51%, one 51.9% from the field, 43% from three, and 86.3% from the free throw line. So he's almost there. And I mean, it's not necessarily translating into wins, but I think that says much more about the team around him. I mean, Lowry Markinen has dealt with some injuries. Wendell Carter Jr. has only played 14 games. Otto Porter's only played 16 games. So this is a Bulls team that has not been really at full strength for chunks of the season. And, I mean, Zach Levine is doing everything he can to keep them even remotely in the playoff hunt.
1: This week, the Bulls have played three games. They have gone 1-2 during that stretch, including losses to the Wizards and the Clippers last night. They beat the Pelicans, though. On Wednesday, 129 to 116. I think this game was just such a great game to show you how talented not only Zach Levine is, but this young core for the Bulls is going to be as well. 46 points from Zach Levine. Unreal numbers. 46 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, excuse me, four assists, 30 for Kobe White along with 2 rebounds and 7 assists, 16 for Denzel Valentine, along with 3 rebounds and 2 assists, and 10 points out of Garrett Temple, along with 3 rebounds and 7 assists. What I love about that is I love seeing some some scoring across the board. I, I'm not a fan of a team that has one guy scoring 40 points a ball game, the other, everybody else isn't doing anything. I love here that on this stat sheet, I see a bunch of players chipping in and doing their part. It's something that I love to see on the NBA floor, especially when you get young guys like Levine who... He's been around, but we can't act like he's an old man or old statesman at this point. He's still got a lot of juice left in him. Kobe White, a very young, exciting young player. I cannot wait to watch him play throughout the rest of his career with the Bulls and further if need be. Patrick, Levine's been incredible. The Bulls, though, have not been. A couple of teams that have been really incredible this week, though. I'm going to start with the four seed in the Western Conference, and then we will move to the five seed in the Western Conference. The winners of four straight games. As crazy as it is, that's only the third longest win streak in the NBA right now. The Phoenix Suns. A team we've talked a little bit about, but we've meant to talk more of. Last Sunday, they beat the Celtics 100-91. They had a 119-113 win over the Cavaliers on Monday. And Wednesday against the Bucks, they got a 125-124. Thrilling victory in which Giannis Antetokounmpo misses the game-winning jumper. It was a fun ball game, though. Patrick, the Phoenix Suns have been playing some really good basketball. This is a team that you were high on coming into the season. What have you seen of late from this team that is encouraging you or discouraging you as the season progresses?
0: Well, I think this is a team that they they kind of struggled at times earlier in the season to win the close ones, it felt like. And that's weird when you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker on the same team. So I think they're finally getting these these clutch wins, and I think they also – they're a team that kind of plays down to their competition at times, but they also play up to their competition. So that's where you see these big wins against the Celtics and the Bucks come into play, and you also see Duds where they've lost the Pistons and the Pelicans. So this is just a, a team that I think is it's still trying to gel, but it's a team that has shown nonetheless that they can play really well at times and I, I i think this is a team that's going to be dangerous in in the playoffs i was going to say march but that's that's a college thing but uh dylan what about you what do you do you like sun teams do you not like the sun's team
2: i think the win against milwaukee kind of proved who they can be because milwaukee i mean they've i think they're 18 and 10 as of right now 16 and 10. um and the suns you know like you said they kind of started out a little bit slow for me too um but I really think that Bucks win in the clutch, getting those clutch moments on both sides of the floor. Yeah, Giannis had 47. Um, but I think the Suns, you know, they pulled out a win that I think a lot of NBA fans really wanted to see. Like, can they, you know, contend with those contenders? And I think that was a win that really proved that they can hang around with the best in the league. And I think um, once they get healthy, you know, they get Dario Sarge back, I think that would be a big one. DeAndre and you see him get involved a bit more as the season progresses and Devin Booker's finding his shot. I think the Suns have a real chance at being a dangerous team in the playoffs.
0: Well said, Dylan. Well said for once. (laughs) Thank you. Sam, what about you? What do you think of the Suns?
1: Well, this Phoenix Suns team is just such a talented team. They did such a good job bringing in people in the offseason who could benefit this ball club, specifically Chris Paul and a guy that I love off the bench, Jay Crowder, somebody who can come in and play some defense and then knock down a big three for you. Phoenix Suns in their last game. Let's just do a quick statistical breakdown of the Phoenix Suns. This is another team, five scorers in double figures. All of them had at least 14 or more. 30 from Devin Booker, 28 from Chris Paul. That's just about as much as you could ask for from that pair right there. 17 out of DeAndre and as well as 7 in rebounds. 15 for Malik Bridges and 14 for Frank Kaminsky. The Phoenix Suns, they aren't just a talented team. They're a balanced team. And they're a team that was able to come from behind. A team that was trailing, heading into the fourth quarter on Wednesday against the Bucs. They were able to get that victory. These are not games the Phoenix Suns would have won last year. These are not games that I don't... uh, The Bubble Suns might not have even won these games. And that team was maybe one of the greatest teams to ever be put together on a basketball court in Orlando that summer. What I will say, Phoenix be careful. Don't get too ahead of yourself. Continue to play up to your own expectations, not the expectations of everybody else, and you'll be all right. Phoenix Suns, they're a team that is on four straight victories, a team that has won three straight, currently fifth in the Western Conference. The only reason we're talking about them, well, due to their injuries, they shouldn't be winning games, but they have been. The Portland Trailblazers, they are 15-10, a 60% winning percentage. Their last three games, a win over the Magic, 106-97 on Tuesday. A Thursday victory over the first ranked in the East Philadelphia 76ers. The second win over the Sixers in eight days, 118-114. And then last night, a convincing 129-110 to 110 victory over the Cleveland Cavaliers. In that game last night, a lot of distributed scoring there are five players in double figures the one with the least Anthony Simons with 16 points besides that Carmelo Anthony put in 23 Damian Lillard added 20 21 from Ennis Cantor as well as 13 rebounds and 26 points out of young Gary Trent jr. to go along with three rebounds and two assists Dylan I'll ask you first how on earth does this completely depleted injured, missing two of their best three players, Portland Trailblazer team, continue to win these sneaky games?
2: I think they've gotten contributions where they needed it. I mean, you see CJ McCollum go down. Cy Collins has been out for a while. Nurkic goes down. But you're getting guys, you're getting Carmelo Anthony back. You're seeing him take the shots that we've seen him take for years. And he's just being able to be clutch in the fourth quarter, like the 76ers game. Now you're seeing the development of Gary Trent, who I absolutely love. Gary Gary Trent is a dog. And I think we're seeing him kind of fit that CJ McCollum role where we can see him take shots. You know, Lillard gets doubled or if he's having a bad night, Gary Trent's there. I think that three of scores is going to take them, you know, really far um, until McCollum comes back.
0: No, yeah, Dylan. I think you, you kind of hit it on the head there. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, having these guys step up seems to easily like it's going to translate to wins. I mean, I don't think you're going to need Gary Trent to score 26 when C.J. McCollum and Yusuf Nurkic are back. But you certainly need it now, especially when Robert Covington only scores three and Derek Jones only scores five. So... I think I think this Portland team is showing that they can be resilient. I mean, I don't think they showed this as much last year, I think. And they're, they're missing more than they did last year, too. So I think it's nice to see that. And I think it'll definitely help them in the long run because I kind of thought they would take a dip down the standings. But they're kind of staying level so that when they get healthy, they can maybe make a push for a top three seed. I mean, you never know. They're They're right there. They're really close.
1: CJ McCollum, a guy we've brought up, he was having an absolute career year before the foot <laughs> fracture three weeks ago. The good news is, three weeks ago, they were saying, we'll reevaluate him in four weeks, see what he needs to do from there. We are almost at that reevaluation time for CJ McCollum. Hopefully, he's a guy that we can see out on the basketball court again because he is one of those players that when he is playing in the game, he makes it more fun to watch. Gentlemen, We've been talking for about 13 minutes now. We've got a big segment in the second half of the episode to get to. Before we do, I would like to very quickly get to a little segment that we are going to call Who's Hot and Who's Not. Just a quick look at the NBA, who's been playing really well, who's been playing really poorly. As this is the first time we're doing this segment, and I may have just come up with it on the spot, I will be going first. My team that is hot, well, they've got seven straight wins, the Los Angeles Lakers. There's not much more to say besides seven straight victories sitting at 21-6, and six, just a half game behind number one in the Western Conference. The Lakers have been hot. The Cleveland Cavaliers, well, they have not. Six straight losses after coming out, beating the Nets a couple of times, looking really, really good in doing so. After that, well, it hasn't gone too great for them. Losses to the Clippers, Bucks twice, Suns, Nuggets, and Trailblazers. The Cavaliers will get another crack at it tomorrow against the Los Angeles Clippers, but I'm not going to lie, I don't see that going much differently. Patrick, who's been playing really well in your mind? Who's been playing really poorly in your mind?
0: Well, I'm going to pick two teams that matched up on Thursday, night. I think the Miami Heat are playing really well. I mean, they, they got Jimmy Butler back very recently, and it's showing that they, they, they need him to do anything because before, when he was out, they were just not doing much of anything. They were just losing a lot, but... They've won four straight since he's been back. He's been putting up monster numbers, so I think that is my team that is hot, and the team they played on Thursday night, the Houston Rockets, are not hot. They have lost four in a row after trading James Harden and seeming like everything was going to be okay. It doesn't seem like everything's going to be okay. Those include blowout losses to the Pelicans, to the Hornets, and close losses to the Heat and Spurs, and... I mean those aren't bad none of those are really bad losses I mean just the manner in which these losses happen the two blowout losses you never really like to see a blowout loss especially to a team like the Hornets I mean they've been better but they're they're still not a powerhouse by any means but I think this Houston team might not be as good as everybody kind of anticipated after their their bit of a winning streak uh they're they're kind of showing they still have a lot of room to improve so Dylan who are your who's your hot team and who's your not team
2: So my hot team is one I didn't expect to kind of take off like they did in this last week is the Dallas Mavericks. You know, we saw them get slapped by Golden State last week by 31 points, and then they turn around and they get a big win against the Warriors in that second of a two-game set. Then they blow out, um, or they beat the Timberwolves, and they beat the Hawks, and then last night they beat the Pelicans in a game that had literally no defense. But we saw Luca and Porzingis take over. Luca had 46 and Porzingis had 36. I think that's what Mavericks fans have been waiting to see. They shot the lights out of the ball. I think they're going to be a team. If they can play like this, I'm not sure how many teams can beat them. Um, and But in terms of my team who's not hot, I, I think Sammy knocked it out as uh, the Cavs. I mean, I think a lot of people were hopping on the Cavs hype train, like, hey, this could be a playoff team in the East. I mean, the East, you know, there's a lot of teams you don't know. With the Cavs, you know, a lot of other guys, you know, they're trying to kind of keep pushing that train. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, they're still trying to push it. I think if they make a couple moves that they could start winning again, but it's not looking good for them right now.
1: Before we move on, a team that just deserves a little shout-out because – Well, we haven't probably gotten to them as much as they deserve to be gotten to this this season. The Utah Jazz, they are still waiting to lose their first game in the month of February. This includes wins over the Pistons, Hawks, Hornets, Pacers, Celtics, and the Bucks. A lot of really good teams on that list right there. A lot of hard-fought victories for the Utah Jazz. That's definitely a team that is really, really hot and deserves. A quick shout-out at the end of the pod. Gentlemen, it's time to talk about something that's going to be coming up here pretty shortly, and that is the NBA All Star Game. The second returns of NBA of All Star voting have come out, and the top five leaders in each category are as follows: in the Eastern Conference, the front court, the leader in the clubhouse is Kevin Durant, followed by Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Jimmy Butler at five. The guards in the East: Bradley Beal. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jalen Brown, and Zach Levine is the top five there in the Western Conference. This is going to be so much fun to keep track of just because I I don't know about y'all. I love some good all-star game action. I love being able to see how these teams are put together. And it's going to be really, really fun to see this Western conference squad at the moment, the front court, the top five there is looking like LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, and Paul George. Whereas the guards in the Western conference, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Ja Morant. Gentlemen, If I'm not mistaken, 24 players make it to the All-Star team. There are 12 players on each team. What we are going to be doing is together, we will be constructing our Sunday morning hoops All-Star rosters for both teams. What we're going to do is we're going to start in the East. We're going to pick our starters, two in the backcourt, three in the frontcourt. Then we are going to talk about the backups that we will have, four guards as well as three frontcourt players. We'll do the exact same thing for the West afterwards. As I said, starting In that backcourt for the East, the current two leaders in the voting are Bradley Beal with 2,528,719 votes. Number two, Kyrie Irving, 2,104,130 votes. First and foremost, gentlemen, a Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal starting backcourt in the NBA All-Star Game 2021, how does that sit with you? How does that feel? Is that something that you'd be okay with moving forward?
2: Yeah, I would, I would love to see it. I mean, I think Bradley Beal, look at the company he's in in the East. I mean, you have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Jalen Brown's had an incredible year. And we've already talked about Zach Levine. Um, I think Bradley Beal being at the top of that list really shows what he's done this year. I remember, you know, when he came into the league, it was kind of like a slow start. People were starting to call him a bust and now he's just exploded. I think he deserves to be at the top of that. I think those are the two guys... I think you could say Bradley Beal and James Harden, Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving. I think either of those combos fit, but I think Bradley Beal deserves to be in that starting backcourt.
0: Yeah, I don't tend to disagree there, Dylan. I think Bradley Beal's been playing really well, and it kind of shows how many votes he's gotten, even though his team sucks. So I think he definitely deserves it. Um, and I, yeah, those those broken guards are interchangeable to me. You could throw either one of those in there. I, I don't really care. They've both played really well. I mean, I'd probably go James Harden just because I think he's played better and more than uh, than Kyrie, but it's, it's just, I don't care. One or the other is fine with me. As long as Bradley Beal's in there, I won't care.
1: As far as the front court for the Eastern Conference is concerned, the three current leaders there are Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Durant with four million two hundred and thirty-four thousand four hundred and thirty-three votes. Giannis three million two hundred and twenty eight thousand four hundred and seventy eight. And Joel Embiid with three million twenty two thousand one hundred and five votes. Gentlemen, are you both okay with those three starting in the front court for the East in the twenty twenty one All Star game?
2: If you look at the the numbers, I mean Tatum is fourth with one point seven million and then Embiid is third with three million. I think that kind of shows who the fans think is the best three players in the front court in the East. I think that's a hundred percent, the three, I think Tatum has been really, really good. The Celtics, not so much, but then again, there's the fact that Bradley Beal, his team sucks and he's balling out, but you know, I think KD, Giannis and Joel Embiid, those are three of like probably the top five MVP candidates right now.
0: Yeah. I don't have a major problem with that. I think Joel Embiid, it would be a little bit higher than Giannis in my opinion right now, just because I think, I think he's been playing better, but those three are fine with me. I, I don't care. Those are those are great picks. They've all been playing really well. As Dylan said, they're all in the MVP race. Um their teams are all doing really well as well, so that's kind of a big part of it as as, as well, other than in Bradley Beale's case, because he has no help. Um yeah, I'm cool with those that starting five for the East. I don't have any major problems.
1: So the starting lineup in the Eastern Conference, according to the Sunday morning Hoops Boys, and of course Dylan Rubin King. Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal, your starting backcourt players. Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid are your frontcourt starters. Now we get into the bench, which I think is a little more interesting. Since there have already been two guards in the starting lineup, we have space for four more guards on the bench. Since we've had three frontcourt players starting, we have room for three more frontcourt players on the bench. Let's start with the guards in the Eastern Conference. We already mentioned who one and two are. Three, four, five, and six look like this: James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls, and Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Trailing behind him by almost four hundred thousand votes is Colin Sexton, then Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, and Fred VanVleet. But we can only afford to bring on th- excuse me, four more players. From the guards in the Eastern Conference. i got to be honest. I think that these four are really fair. I think that usually 9 out of 10 years. I am very opposed to how voting for All-Star Games works. But I have to say here. I think it makes sense as far as the Eastern Conference guards are concerned. I think Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, James Harden, and Trey Young. Have been a step above everybody else. Who isn't one of those two starting players. I'm personally okay with having those six players, Beal, Irving, Harden, Brown, Levine, and Young, make up the guards for the Eastern Conference. But what do each of you think?
2: I, yeah, I think in terms of the voting, I mean, you can kind of see the gap there. The fans agree with that as well. As much as I would love to see Colin Sexton in the NBA All-Star game this year, I, I do think those four above him are, are the right choices. I mean, you look at you know James Harden, we already said, he could basically be a starter. Um, Jalen Brown's had a phenomenal year when he's played. Zach Levine, we've already given him the love that he deserves. And Troy Young, I think is not quite the level he was last year. Obviously he made the all-star game as a starter last year, um, but I do think he's played still at an all-star level.
0: No. Yeah. I don't have a huge problem. I'm really okay without seeing Derek Rose and Russell Westbrook make an all-star game. I, they don't even deserve to be on this, this voting sheet, but I, I think the top six just it's, it's there. These are all six players that have been playing really well. And Players that deserve it out of the East, I think, especially at the guard position. I, I don't have any major complaints with that. If 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 you had, if we had done all-star selections like right after Colin Sexton led up to Brooklyn Nets, I might have put him in there, but he hasn't been playing great these past couple of weeks, especially as his team is losing. So I'm cool with that top six.
1: Moving into the front court for the Eastern Conference on the bench, well, this is where things might get interesting. I think that fan voting is going to fall off a little bit here because, well, some guys just aren't going to get the same love other guys are, but they've still been playing some really good basketball. Currently, the 4, 5, and 6 in the front court, in the voting at least, goes Jason Tatum with 1,680,780 votes, Jimmy Butler, 5, 662,691 votes, and Bam Adebayo, six. 578,133 votes. Behind him come DeMontis Sabonis, Julius Randle, Gordon Hayward, and Jeremy Grant. As far as Gordon Hayward and Jeremy Grant are concerned, I'm not really worried about them. DeMontis Sabonis and Julius Randle, though, present interesting arguments. I'm not saying that either one of these players is necessarily better than Tatum, Butler, or Adebayo, but what I am saying is that there is a need to take a look at the production of Julius Randle, and especially DeMontis Sabonis this season. I don't know if I can say that Sabonis has been better than Adebayo, Butler, or Tatum, but he's making a convincing argument.
2: Absolutely. And for me, if I had to choose two of these guys, I think Tatum is a lock. Um, And I think the other one is really up in the air. I think all these guys from 5 to 10 deserve to be all-stars this year. Um, My case, I think, goes to Demonte Sabonis as well, because after the trade of Victor Oladipo, a lot of people have the Pacers dead in the water. Like, who's going to step up for the team? I think Sabonis has been that guy. Um, in terms of a numbers standpoint and an improvement standpoint, I think Jeremy Grant has a great case. Obviously, the Pistons are the worst team in the Eastern Conference right now, um, or one of the worst East, Eastern Conference teams. I think he has a case in terms of his individual play. Um, but my picks would be Tatum and Sabonis.
1: You get one more. The uh, Eastern Conference is threes forwards starting, three forwards off the bench.
2: Oh, okay. So that does make it interesting. Um, and Jimmy Butler is another interesting one because he's been injured. Obviously, you know, he's still been playing well, not quite the finals bubble Jimmy Butler. Um, but I think he still deserved a case. Not so much this year because of the injuries. I, I'll go ahead and pick Julius Randle as well because the Knicks, a lot of people would have assumed they would have been, you know, out of the playoff race completely. They have one of the best defensive teams and Julius Randall has been at the core of that. I think he's really blown up into the player that he, he was expected to be out of Kentucky. Um, I'll pick Randall.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to disagree with Dylan here. I think it's uh, Tatum is obviously a lock. I think Sabonis deserves to be in there. He's been playing really well. But I, I think I'm going to lean Jimmy Butler a little bit because I know he's missed some time, but I don't think he's missed enough time to where that should be totally discounted, I think. And he's definitely shown that he he deserves it I mean he's been playing so well and it directly translates to his team's success level and I think he's shown how an of important shown how important of a piece he is to that Miami Heat team so I I would slide him in there over Julius Randle but I think Julius Randle is definitely they're they're like one and two in the in that last spot I think so I, I I'd have to go Tatum Butler and Sabonis
1: An interesting player that we haven't mentioned much is Bam Adebayo. Looking at his stats this season, he's actually averaging almost four points more per game this year than he was last year. He's also averaging just barely another assist a game. He's down in total rebounds by one per game. But his free throw percentage is up, his field goal percentage is up, and his defensive stats are all slightly up as well. Now, this might be in part to the fact that Jimmy Butler has been gone for a while and Bam Autobio's had to pick up some of that slack, but I think it's really difficult to look at a guy like him, somebody who a lot of people were saying could be a defensive player of the year heading into the season and not wanting to give him that spot. I tend to want to lean to give Adebayo a spot in the game. Butler, I don't know. Butler's missed a lot of action. He's missed a lot of action, and when he has played of recent, he's been great. But unfortunately, we have to look at the entire season. I don't think Butler's been in enough to really garner the attention that somebody like Sabonis may have. I would put Sabonis in there instead of Jimmy Butler. Go with Tatum, Sabonis, and Autobio. But gentlemen... The whole fun point of this is that if we're t- combining to put together one list, we all have to come to an agreement somehow or another. I think that we all have Tatum as a lock in there. Other than that, we're gonna have to argue it out about these last couple of forwards. You know, my argument's gonna go to Sabonis and Adebayo. Dylan, you said Sabonis, and Patrick you did as well. So that we will put, we will put Demontis in the game. So we have to argue for one more forward. Gentlemen, state your cases.
2: If I had to rank the other three guys that we talked about Jimmy Butler Atabio, and Randall. I think I would go Randall at and Butler. I, in terms of a name standpoint, I think Jimmy Butler obviously is a multiple time all-star and, you know, everybody knows what he did in the finals. I think for this year, I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to be an all-star because of, you know, the injuries and things like that. And how, um, you know, how little action he's seen. I think it's other sub, um, it's either out of bio or Randall. I think you make a great case, Sam, about Bam, um, what he's done this year. But I do think Julius Randle has just been so consistent for the Knicks, which is a crazy thing to say about a Knicks team. Um, I think Julius Randle to me is is clear because he's been keeping the Knicks afloat. I mean, it's February. We're talking about the Knicks as one of the best defensive teams, you know, largely due to his part and his growth as a player and he's kind of the leader of this team and if they make it to the playoffs they'll, they'll be writing mostly his coattails. I, I like randall in the all-star game
0: i think i have to lean with dylan on this one i i didn't realize jimmy Butler had missed as many games as he had i thought he'd only missed like four or five but it was actually up to ten so i think he's missed mm-hmm. too many games but i mean julius randall is keeping the knicks afloat and bam out of bio i i don't think I think when it was just him on the team, I don't think he was – like when with Jimmy Butler out, I don't know if he was doing a ton. I mean, I think the, the Heat have a lot of good pieces around him as well, so I think they should have been doing a little bit better. I mean, it didn't seem like they were putting up great numbers and they weren't really winning a bunch of games with without Jimmy Butler. So I think I think I have to lean Randall here a little bit. i go – I think Rand, Randall is just easily – That pick, I guess I I, I didn't realize how many games Jimmy Butler has missed, or else I would have thrown him in there. But I I think it has to go to Randall here.
1: Julius Randle this season is averaging 22.4 points a game, 11.1 total rebounds per game as well. He's been playing some really good basketball. He's played all 27 games for the Knicks so far this season. I'm going to fold and go with both of you. Julius Randle for the NBA All-Star Game. Folks, our Eastern Conference lineup is set. Irving, Beal, Durant, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, Harden, Levine, Brown, Young, Tatum, Sabonis, and Randall. Gentlemen, let's move it over to the Western Conference. Let's get through this one before too terribly long, because we do have some good fun stuff to promote at the end. We've already hit our half hour, but you know what? Sometimes with a fun All-Star episode, you go over a little bit. In the Western Conference, we'll start with the guards. Currently, the top two are Steph Curry, in Luka Doncic, does anybody have any arguments to make with this pairing starting in the All-Star game?
2: This is a tough one. I think Steph deserves to be that that starter. I think he's been one of the best players in the league easily. The argument with Luka and Dame is really tough. Um, in terms of where their teams are, I think Damian Lillard, obviously the Blazers a little bit higher. I think I'd give the edge to Luka. I think he's had kind of the more media hype this year which I feel like might carry him into it as a starter. um, I'll give the slight edge to Luca, but I see an argument for Dame as well.
0: Yeah, I think I'd have to actually lean Dame on this one. I I think he's been playing better. I mean, and I think his team, he's done a better job of leading his team, especially with less. I mean, I know in Luca's case, Porzingis has not really done a ton. I mean, he's been disappointing in my opinion, but – I think I I have to lean Dame here. He's just done more with less, I think. And he's he's kept his team in playoff position and then some with all these injuries. And he's been putting up better numbers, or at least better scoring numbers, in my opinion. So I'd have to go Dame.
1: Damian Lillard currently averaging 29 points a game. Luka Doncic is averaging 28.5 points a game. That is exactly how close I think this is. The only, only reason I lean Damian Lillard is because he has done more with less this season than Luka Doncic has done. Luka Doncic, he has another, maybe not this year, but historically all-star caliber player in Christos Porzingis. They've got a really good team around them, especially of defensive players that can step up and make things happen when guys like Luka are in control of the offense. Both of these guards are so good. I'm not really frustrated seeing either one of them start, but I got to go with Patrick. I got to go with my guy, Damian Lillard, to start here. In this game, this does not mean that we're not going to see a whole lot of Luka Doncic in this ball game as well. We will see a ton of him as well, but we've got our starters in the guard positions. Time to move over to the forward positions. This one, I think, is well. There's a lot of great players in the Western Conference. Let's just put it that way. The front court, as of right now, the starters, if it were to begin today, would be LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and <clears throat> excuse me, Kawhi Leonard. Gentlemen, do we have an argument with this? Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion Williamson, these are all players that are also potentially in this position as well. Who do you give the three starting spots to? I
2: think that top three, I think that's it. Because I think LeBron and Jokic are probably two of the top five MVP candidates as well. I think Kawhi's done exactly what the Clippers have expected from him. I think he's done what everybody has expected from him. I think that little bit of a A rough pass for Anthony Davis in terms of his play, I think that actually cost him a little bit. Uh, I think if he was playing at the level he did in the playoffs last year, I think we could see him as probably that number three above Kawhi. But I think LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi will be starting with Steph, and we decided Dame, I'll I'll fold and go with Dame Lillard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's 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 the same thing for me. I don't have much to add. It was just seems pretty easy. I think Leonard is playing a little better than Davis right now, or a little more consistently at least. So,
1: I tend to agree with both of you as well. I think the James, Jokic, Leonard, three in the front court is pretty much as good as you're going to get. Anthony Davis, he's right there too. There's a lot of argument between who's a better player, Kawhi Leonard or Anthony Davis. I personally think Kawhi Leonard, I think he can just do a little bit more on the basketball court. That's why I'm going to give him the nod here. We're still going to see plenty of Anthony Davis in this ballgame though. The guards in the Western Conference, this is going to be beyond difficult. There are, at this moment, out of the four guys that we want to add on this team, we still have Doncic, Mitchell, Morant, Booker, Chris Paul, all still available. You can only pick four. Start with Patrick, then go to Dylan. Who are you going with, Patrick?
0: Well, I think you have to go Lillard and Mitchell as two of them. And because they've just been playing phenomenal. Um I'll well, do a hot take here. I'm not gonna throw Alex Caruso in there or Clay Thompson in there because Clay Thompson hasn't played and Alex Caruso is just a meme vote at this point. I don't think John Morant should be that high. I I I think he hasn't been like I mean he's he's probably been around his level last year, but I don't think he's really pushed himself to be an all-star. I think I I wanna throw Devin Booker in there as my third guy because I really like what he's done, and I think he's he's his team is playing well as well. And my fourth guy is gonna be pretty biased, but I have to throw Shea Gilders Alexander in there. I think he is playing really well right now. I think he is is has a team more competitive than they should be because that team has very few weapons. I mean, the dude is averaging. 20, a little over 22 and a half a game, six more, six assists a game, five rebounds a game. And I I think he's just, he's just playing really well and he's carrying a team that should not be even remotely close to competitive. So I, I think that's my four. I know Dylan might have a different opinion. I don't, he might, I don't know. We're we're about to find out though. Dylan, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I'm not going to vote Alex Caruso in either. I am, I am a Lakers supporter, but I won't, I won't vote for Alex Caruso. I won't, I won't pull the Zaza Pachulia of years past and try to vote him in. Um, I'm going to go with Luca Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a clear two in that, uh, in that bench for the guards. I, I do think Devin Booker is, is a pretty good lock for me. I think in terms of name value, I think he'll get in, um, no matter if he was playing in an all-star level or not, I think he has that name value. And I think Chris Paul does as well. I think Chris Paul has done enough for the Suns team to put himself in that conversation. Um, Terms of John Morant, that's a really interesting one because, yeah, he hasn't played um, like, you know, he hasn't played at the superstar level that we were all expecting him to play. But I think for the four, I would go Luca, Mitchell, Booker, and Chris Paul.
1: I tend to agree with that exact same grouping. I think that Chris Paul's numbers might be a little below what a guy like John Morant's are, but John Morant's also only played 13 games, number one. Also, Chris Paul is doing. Every single little thing imaginable for this Phoenix Suns team. He is doing so much for them. I have to go with that exact same for Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Who would have thought we'd see two Phoenix Suns back in the All-Star game anytime soon? I definitely would not have. Gentlemen, there's only three spots left, and they are for backup forwards. I think two of these are going to be easy. One of them is going to be difficult. Dylan, we can start with you. The four through ten in the front court of the Western Conference goes as follows: Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins, Christian Wood, Brandon Ingram, Carmelo Anthony, Dylan. Out of those gentlemen or anybody else who might not be on this list, which three deserve to be backup All Stars in the Western Conference?
2: I'm gonna go with uh, kind of a hot take, and maybe it's not that hot of a take, but I'll go with Anthony Davis, Paul George, and Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood has put himself in the conversation as a guy who deserves to be an all-star. I think a lot of people are calling him a breakout player this year. I actually think he did that last year. That's kind of my opinion um, with the Pistons. But I think this year, I think he deserves to be an all-star Zion. I think in terms of name value, I think he's probably going to get in. Um, Andrew Wiggins, I don't know why he's high up as he is. Uh, I think he's played well. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's playing at an all-star level. But I think the three for me are Davis, Paul George, and Christian Wood.
0: Yeah, I mean, Davis and Paul George are the easy two here. I I I think I'm actually gonna have to go. I'm still deciding between one of those Pelicans players. I think uh, Zion Williamson has has quietly done well. We haven't seen him enough on ESPN as, as we have. I think that's the mellow balls kind of thing now. But I think he is playing really well he's averaging 24 a game seven rebounds a game three assists a game and I I think he's playing well but at the same time Brandon Ingram's like right there as well it's it's tough for me to pick one of these guys but I think if I, I'm gonna have to lean Zion just because I think he'll get in because of his name value and I think he does I think he deserves a little more than Brandon Ingram I think it's really close but I I really wanted to pick Christian Wood as well I think he's almost there I think I think I, I just tend to lean Zion or Brandon Ingram just because I, I think they, their name value will help them out here. So I, I think Zion's my third one.
1: This Christian Wood versus Zion conversation, because I think it's pretty obvious, Paul, George, Anthony Davis, they're in. We get that. Those two are in. I think this conversation, because I do put Zion above Brandon Ingram, he's just had slightly better stats this season. He's a slightly better player on that team, I believe. He is deserving of being in contention. Christian Wood is as well. Zion's played 24 games. Christian Woods played 17. Zion's averaging 24.3 points a game. Christian Woods averaging 22. Total rebounds, 6.8 for Zion, 10.2 for Christian Wood. Total assists, 2.9 for Zion, 1.3 for Christian Wood. Look, this is a really difficult decision. And unfortunately, when really difficult decisions have to be made, name recognition generally comes into play. Do I believe he's the better player? No. No. But do I think Zion Williamson is going to make his first All-Star game? Yes, I do. Ladies and gentlemen, we've gotten through it. We have your Sunday Morning Hoops NBA All-Star teams starting in the Eastern Conference at guard Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal. At forward, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Off the bench for the East, you've got Harden, Levine, Brown, Young, Tatum, Sabonis, and Randall. The West Coast... We said Steph and Dame to start, Leonard, James and Jokic at the forward positions, Luca, Mitchell, Booker, Paul, Anthony Davis, Paul George, and Zion Williamson as your backups in the Western Conference. On the 18th, these will all be released. We will see how correct we are. Knowing us, we'll probably miss by quite a bit on most of these, but I have no doubt we'll see what is going to be going on then gentlemen it's time for our very last segment of the day this is the which game will you be watching this week take a look at the schedule pick a game that's especially interesting to you we will decide on which day which game each of us will have our choice dylan as the guest you can start us off what game are you most looking forward to this coming week in the association
2: Well, I know in terms of this weekend, I'm going to be watching the Nets and the Warriors tonight. I don't know about you guys, but that one just screams primetime television to me. Um, I think in terms of this week, Tuesday, the Nets and the Suns looks really interesting. I want to see the Suns take on a a powerhouse like the Nets. Um, I I really wanted to see what the Suns can do. And the Nets continuing to grow um, is going to be really interesting. I think Thursday... I like the Nets and the Lakers. I think, you know, this this week is just what we're going to see from the Nets in terms of this, you know, if Kevin Durant can come back and if they can beat some of these potential playoff teams. Uh, I think in terms of my game, my number one game, I'd go Nets and Lakers on Thursday night on TNT.
0: Well, Dylan, that's what I was going to pick. So I I, I have to go pick a different one. But I'm going to pick 76ers Jazz on Monday at 6 p.m., uh, I think that's a pretty interesting one as these are two teams that are sitting at the top of their conferences right now. But I mean, I think these aren't the two teams everybody would pick to come out of their respective conferences. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they match up against each other. So, so that's my pick just 76 is jazz.
1: Well, you picked one of the teams that I was going with, but I'm going with a different matchup. The Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers, Wednesday night. That could be a really fun ball game. Two of the top three teams in the Western Conference are going to be facing off. Also on Tuesday, it's not necessarily going to be a great game, but it's going to be a huge game for our podcast. Portland Trailblazers, Oklahoma City Thunder. That's going to be a really fun one. After we wrapped up with this, I was going to ask Mr. LaPatty Ball over here if he wanted to watch that one over Zoom with me just so we could go back and forth a little bit. That will be a really fun game. For sure. Well, I would well, say funny.
0: yes, but I have to work. So I cannot watch that game, unfortunately. But watch it for me. Watch it for me. Have a, have a good time.
1: Oh, it'll be a great time. We'll be sure to keep you updated throughout how that game is going. Folks, well, you know sun episode of Sunday Morning Hoops when you hear it. Patrick, always awesome to talk to you. Tell everybody where they should follow us
0: uh instagram sunday morning hoops twitter sunday m hoops uh youtube sunday morning hoops uh shout out joe i don't i'm gonna butcher your last name joe uh zoker how do you do you know do you know joe from duck tv right dylan how do you say his last name
2: mr joe zogert
0: okay thank you uh yeah i was supposed to shout him out for being our 200 follower on instagram um so, yeah, I I really butchered that. I'm sorry. I hope that didn't ruin the shout-out. But,
1: yeah, Sam, anything else you want to add? Yes, we have another shout-out to Butcher as well. Our guy, Hayden Abelt, Dude, thank you so much. You are our 100th Twitter follower. I'm sorry for butchering your last name. I, I, I can't speak this English language barely at all. The fact that I have a podcast is pretty freaking mind-blowing. It's been so much fun to grow our following on Twitter on Instagram, on YouTube. Dylan, before we get out of here, tell everybody where they can follow you and we can wrap this thing up.
2: Yeah, you can hit me up on DRK Sports News on Twitter. My followers have been dropping mightily. So go ahead and shoot me a follow over there if you like and at Dylan Ruben King on
1: Instagram.
0: Thanks, Dylan. I'm going to unfollow you now. Appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, folks, as always, have a great week. Make sure you download the stereo app. If I can convince him to jump on again, LaPattie Ball and I will jump on the stereo app, have another post-NBA Day conversation, probably near the end of the week, probably way late at night again. But it's a lot of fun for anybody who's jumped in there. Dylan, have you gotten on the stereo app yet?
2: I have not, but I will. I've will. i been convinced that I should, and I will.
1: Jump on the stereo app. We can have all the fun conversations we want there. Everybody, you can follow me wherever you are on social media, at samuel 101 CS. Follow my guy here at La Patty Ball, Patrick, do you have anything else or are we good?
0: We are good. We are good. So everybody have a great week and go watch some hoops.
1: All right. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week.